Google is a child, we need to learn to educate it. This is Time for Marketing, the marketing podcast that will tell you everything you've missed when you didn't attend the marketing conference. Hello and welcome to the Time for Marketing podcast, the podcast that brings you the best marketing conference speakers and allows them five minutes to sum up their presentations. My name is Peter and I'll be your host today as I was in the previous 46 episodes as this is episode number 47 and I'm pretty sure it's going to be a great one. Before I tell you who's with me today, if you're on a telephone, a mobile phone, a cell phone, however you want to call that, you know what you have to do. We're getting some great episodes in the future and there are some awesome episodes that uh, are still very relevant in the archive. All of the archive is open. Go and subscribe to the podcast and if you're on YouTube, you can do the same thing there. Uh, enough about me. If you you see this webpage here, if you need anything about SEO that is not brands in the SERPs, um, because my today's guest does it much better, you can find me on seos.si. And today with me, Jason Bernard. Hello, Jason, and how are you doing today? Hi, Peter. I'm fine. Thank you very much for inviting me. And 47 is my lucky number. Excellent. See, it's going to be a great episode today. Um, Jason, people know you as the brand SERP guy. Why? What does that mean? Right. Well, uh, a SERP search engine results page, brand SERP, the search engine results page for your brand name or your personal name. And I specialize in the idea that that is your Google business card, potentially your Google homepage. And you need to make sure that it looks positive, accurate, and convincing for your audience. Don't leave it up to Google. Google doesn't know how you want to communicate with mm. your audience. You do, and it's up to you, as we'll see, to educate it. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Jason, you are the CEO, CEO of uh, mm -hmm. CaliCube, and you do a great podcast that is called With Jason Barnard. I invited you to the podcast because you spoke at the Digital Day uh, Serbian conf conference. Yeah. Uh, conference that is close, maybe not geographically close, but maybe let's say culturally close uh, to, to, to me. Mm. How was that conference? Um, it, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, what they asked me to do was to give a, a keynote speech about the, idea, the, the topic of the conference was the end of the world as we know it. Right. And it's about the total change in digital marketing. And generally speaking, I talk in the SEO circles about Google is a mm. child, we need to educate it. And what was interesting is I thought, what happens if I expand that out to the other big tech platforms who all function in a similar way, trying to understand the world so they can better serve their own users? And the whole application of these machines are children, we need to educate them, applies to Google, Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, Bing, Apple, all of the big tech, tech companies are building these knowledge graphs, want to understand, and they're using it to serve their users. And it's up to us to learn to educate them. Talking about the end of the world, uh, in the last days, there's a lot of talk about TikTok and its search and how people are abandoning uh, Google for the TikTok search. Is this just one of the next editions of uh, SEO is dead? 
or is there something serious behind that? What do you think? Well, I think I think TikTok is flavor of the month. Um, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. it was what was it mm-hmm. called? Coffee House. Um, obviously, TikTok's a bit more stable in terms of its presence in the universe today. Um, but I think Google has such a, a wide range of options and opportunities on the search and content that we consume and such a vast amount of data from so many different sources that at the end of the day, the comfort and the service we get from Google due to that massive data it has is probably always going to make us feel that Google is giving the better service, as it were, in terms of finding what we're looking for. Um, Let's go directly into your presentation. Uh, Jason, here are your five minutes. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, My five minutes are going to be all about Google as a child. We need to learn to educate it. This child that Google has created is the knowledge graph. And the knowledge graph is Google's understanding of the world. And we can see a knowledge graph as a massive Wikipedia, Mm. but for machines. And to give you an idea of the scale, Wikipedia's got something like 55, 60 million articles. The knowledge graph already contains 150 billion facts. And the difference, and another deep difference between Wikipedia and Google's knowledge graph is Wikipedia has an idea of notability. It's for people, and we shouldn't fill it up with junk. It's for helping us people understand when we read these articles uh, more about a specific topic, whereas the knowledge graph that Google is building isn't about notability. It's about pure understanding. It wants to understand the entire world um, as well as it possibly can so that it can use that knowledge to understand who offers the best service solution to its users' problems when they're searching. And from that perspective, being in Google's knowledge graph, being understood by Google, and making sure Google is confident in that understanding, much in a way a child needs to be confident in understanding in order to be able to use it. If we want to be understood by Google, Um, sorry, excuse me, as part of its overriding algorithms if we want to succeed in the future on Google's platform. And I think probably the most important part is that that understanding and the confidence in the understanding is the foundational stone on which everything else you do on Google is based. And without it, your house is likely to collapse. Mm. It's your safety. It's your solid foundational safety. And if Somebody said to me the other day, it's your insurance against Google updates. If Google has understood who you are in its knowledge graph, you are much less likely to get hit negatively by any of its upcoming updates because all or most of its its updates have entities understanding the Mm. knowledge Mm. graph at their core. So we need to educate Google. How do we do it? I can tell you that in really three simple steps is number one, you identify an entity home. Google call it the point of reconciliation. It's the place the machine is looking to for looking at, sorry, for information about you from you. So it needs to be on your own website, your about page or your homepage. Then you need to make sure that all the corroborative sources around the web confirm what you say on your entity home. So you need to go around spring cleaning and correcting all the factual information around the web about you. You write a great description that Google's NLP can get a grip on, which is surprisingly difficult. And at CaliCube, we have a 
platform called CaliCube Pro. And we have an NLP analysis. So we write descriptions to ensure that Google mm. can understand which entity we're talking about and pull it out of the knowledge graph. And then you put on your entity home what I would call signposts to all the corroboration so that the child, Google, reads on your web page who you are, what you're doing, who your audience is, goes out to the corroborative source, LinkedIn, Crunchbase, Wikidata, um, IMDB, Music Brains, whatever it might be, and then comes straight back because of the link straight back to your entity home, goes to the next one, sees more corroboration, comes back, so on and so forth. And that way, it builds understanding. And more importantly, it builds confidence in that understanding. And it's that confidence that makes that foundational stone, let's say, solid steel instead of quicksand. All right. Excellent. Um, how do we find where should all of, what are all of the other pages where we should have information about us? It seems similar to what SEOs do with Google My Business, where, you know, you have to go to Yellow Pages and Yelp and stuff like that. But it's, uh, from top of my head, it's much easier to figure out those pages um, than these. Is there a way of how to do that easier? Yeah, um, great question because it allows me to upsell CaliCube Pro, which is right. the SaaS platform I built because I used to do this manually. Um, I used to go out there and find the pages that talk about the entity. So it needs to be pages dedicated to the entity. And an entity is a thing, a company, a person, a podcast, a music album, a music group. And then I compile my list. I then go mm. out and I correct the information on all of that list. And then I point to the, the ones that I find interesting or that are most authoritative and relevant from my entity home. And that process takes about 16 hours right. to do properly. If you want to find your entire digital ecosystem, it takes you about 16 hours of searching on Google, doing your Google Sheets, sorting it all out, prioritizing them, figuring out which ones do need to be corrected and don't need to be corrected. And we do this with CaliCube Pro, and it takes about 10 minutes because I built an algorithm to do it. Um, and not only does it find where you need to correct the information, but it also prioritizes it in terms of how important it is to Google so you can go through the list in the correct order and start with the most effective ones. And then what we do um, is what we call entity equivalent analysis, which is to analyze your market. So it's the same entity type, the same geo region, and the same industry. So if you're a a dentist mm -hmm. in Chicago, then we would be looking at dentists in Chicago um, as, a, as, a, as a company. If I was a, uh, a musician in the UK, we'd be looking at people who are musicians who are in the UK. And that allows us then to understand where else is Google looking for this knowledge? Because the child is looking for authoritative relevant sources. And it's incredibly interesting to see quite how niche mm. the sources can be. Um, so for example, I'm in Paris. And if I were a Paris poodle parlor, where I cut and comb poodle, poodle's hair or fur, um, the association of Paris of poodle parlors would be a better place for knowledge for Google than right. Right. the New York Times. So 
as you say, it's very much like old school local SEO, but much more nuanced, I would argue, and significantly more important. How, go, how good is Google in finding these authoritative, authoritarian sources uh, in other languages or, as you mentioned, right? Does Google in French, is Google really able in France to find the association of poodle parlors or is he going to go back to the default, uh, uh, I don't know, economic organizations or whatever? Hmm. Yeah, in in other languages other than English, Google is always a little bit behind. Hmm. It, it's built in English uh, from an American perspective, and then they build in other languages. But I think what is really important is today, I, I would say in non-English languages, Google would be less good right now. But because Google has moved away from translations using word-to-word traditional translating mm. techniques and has moved towards vectorial translation, which means they don't need to have any knowledge of the language in order to be able to translate from one to another then it's going to become significantly better very, very fast. And Fabrice Canel from Bing, who's Mr. Bingbot, the guy who runs Bingbot, was saying to me the other day, it's nothing to do with this particular topic, but Bingbot is run using machine learning. And he said it's 98% machine learning. And the machine learning we have is improving exponentially. And I don't think most of us realize what exponentially truly means. Um, and so kind of sit down and think about the idea that Google today is now improving exponentially, whereas up until you know the last couple of years, it was improving step by step. Mm. This mm. is going to get significantly better, significantly more quickly than most of us can possibly imagine. How big should I be so that this becomes my concern? You know, I'm a very known guy in Ljubljana, Slovenia. Um, But around the world, not really that known yet. Should I work on my knowledge graph or should I work for my knowledge graph for my podcast or should I work for my knowledge graph for my company? Or should I be, you know, at least a company that has 100 employees? Absolutely everybody needs to think about this. Um, We start Um, right at the beginning. The simplest thing is when somebody Googles your name, is there a knowledge panel on the right-hand side? If there is, then you look uh, credible. If there isn't, mm. you look less credible. So that's point number one. That's your Google business card perspective. Having a knowledge panel makes you look authoritative and credible. I have a knowledge second, panel. I haven't Googled myself for a while, but I do. So that's important you do. for Brilliant. me. Brilliant. So yeah. you are credible. <laughs> Incredible, if I may say so. <laughs> Thank you. And um, But the next step along is saying, well, that understanding is what's going to be driving Google's and Google's capacity to then match me to my potential audience. Mm. So however big you are, you need to focus on this because if Google cannot understand you, it cannot properly match its users' needs to your solutions. Now, the other point is EAT is such a buzzword these days, expertise, authority, and trust. If you think about that, how does Google apply whatever signals it has? Let's not argue Mm. about what signals it has. But if it understands who you are, 
then it can apply any expertise, authority, authority and, and um, trustworthiness signals directly to an entity that it firmly and confidently understands. So it's going to apply those signals at full force. If it hasn't understood you in the knowledge graph, i.e. it has no explicit understanding of who you are, it can guess using its NLP. But when it's guessing, whatever signals it has for expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness are going to be diluted. So you're going to be losing a great deal of the power you've been trying to work on to build up in expertise, authority, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. So being understood is the way to maximize whatever signals you're working on in AIT. All right. Excellent. I think we made it very obvious to everyone, companies and uh, individuals, that this is the next thing uh, in SEO that they have to focus on, or at least start to think about that. Jason, yeah. where can people find you? Uh, do you have future conferences planned? Or if people would like to talk about the brand SERP or about CaliCube, where can people find you? Right. Well, um, in order to find me, if you Google my name, Jason Barnard, you will find absolutely everything you need. And I think one of the lovely things about a brand SERP with a, a, a nice knowledge panel like I have is that you can look at the brand SERP and immediately understand who I am, what I do, and who my audience is. And also, it gives you, the audience, the choice of how you want to interact with me. Hmm. At the top, you've got my personal site, so you can come along and see what I've done as a human being in normal life as a blue dog, a yellow koala, or a punk folk musician. Second is my company, CaliCube, so you can come along and do business with me. Third is Twitter, if you want to come along and tweet at me. LinkedIn is underneath that. Then my articles on Search Engine and Search Engine Journal. Then my book and then my courses. So basically, you have an immediate, A, understanding of what I do, but also a choice of how you want to interact with me rather than me forcing you to interact with me in a way that I choose. All right. So everything is, as always, on Google. Jason... Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Uh, there was a great episode. And go and enjoy your French baguettes and other great <laughs> snails and other great things that you probably have to eat every day. Thank you so much, Peter. I'm going to go and have baguette, smelly cheese, tomatoes, and jambon. Ham. Excellent. Have a great day. You too, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Time for Marketing podcast. Please go and check out other episodes from the podcast archive or give this podcast a review, maybe even subscribe to it. If you were at a marketing conference and saw a great presentation, please let me know. You can contact me with guest ideas or other questions at info at timeformarketing.com. And if you need any help with your SEO, you can find me at seos.si or just find me at LinkedIn. Have a great day.